Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number two of Bevies with the Boys. Can you believe it? I've been live on Twitch multiple days in a row. Nobody ever expected it, but it's actually happened. Um, I'm going to real quick move the Twitch alerts because they're right over Veteran's face. <laughs> so we'll put them down here so they're out of the way a little bit. And we'll ignore them for the rest of the night. All right. Welcome, everybody. Come on in. Um, oh, God. What am I doing? I'm a professional. Do you want me to do it for you? No, it's all good, mate. It's all good. I got this. I'm Munchables. This is Dagda. We are the boys, and we are joined by medic and veteran as we are going to have some bevies tonight. So for anyone joining us that doesn't know who you two are, which is seemingly unlikely to me, but for the sake of uh, ceremony, let's just do it anyway. Medic, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us what you're going to be drinking tonight? Uh, I'm Medic. I'm a caster for the LEC. I uh, also cast Worlds today. And I am drinking. Oh, wait, do you want the actual name? Yeah, Vino sell it, mate. Sell di Montepulciano. <laughs> red, red wine. It is alcoholic. I got it from the nearest Audi. And it tastes okay. It's from Italy. Nice. I bought a wine glass especially for the occasion. So here we are. Yeah, I appreciate the dedication. I really do. Veteran, do you want to uh, give yourself a little uh, intro? I I'm veteran. I discuss all things Europe, uh, to do with League of Legends, of course, uh, nothing else. Uh, and I am drinking the Redbreast 15. It's an Irish whiskey. Ooh, I'm a massive fan of Irish whiskey. And it also has a Robin on it. So for all of you who do know me, I am also being on brands today. And it tastes brilliant. So... <laughs> I was actually going to get whiskey for today, but I couldn't get it in time. So I'm very jealous right now. I have a feeling well, really that whiskey interestingly. is going to be a favorite across, the, hopefully, the, the so, many episodes of this show. Um, so I actually um, travel a decent amount. So I had to store most of my whiskey at my girlfriend's mum's place. And that happens to be where I am spending the uh, holidays. So, <laughs> so it was actually perfect timing to go on this show. I love that you have enough various whiskies that you need a place to store them while you travel <laughs> that, this is yes. going to be my point i store my whiskey in my liver most of the time yeah. so i'm slightly confused i just I finish some, a bottle and then buy a new one <laughs> i have some pretty good whiskies here that i wasn't gonna open and then i thought that i hadn't opened this and then when i popped it open it turned out that it was already like halfway gone so i guess i had a lot of this last christmas or something so all right i didn't spoil anything just you for the had show, enough so. of it to not remember having it that which Dagda, what are you drinking tonight, mate? So the thing was, I had a, a bottle of Tesco's finest vodka that I thought maybe I should offer <laughs> it away. <laughs> you can't do that Smart while I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> already instead, you know, just to, to keep it classy. <laughs> All right, nice, nice. Um, so I myself have gone with, uh, I don't know what this is. I found it in uh, the co-op. It's called Moyo Juice. Uh, oh, which is okay. some kind of tropical pale ale. So I have no idea if it's any good. We're going to find out. I do out. like a, a well-flavored pale ale. Like yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it's so. any good. It tastes exactly like every single <laughs> tropical pale ale. So, <laughs> so that's like where tropical pale ale? I like most alcohol, to be honest, because I'm a degenerate. Perfect. It wins. Um, there you go. So let's talk about League of Legends a little bit, gentlemen, because I don't know if you guys know this, but there's actually been a tournament mm -hmm. going on um, over in China at the minute. Uh, it's called Worlds, and NA have not done so hot. 
and uh, I have to ask you. I want. I'm just going to start with the start with the flame here. Like where I might, I might be leaving the conversation. What were the expectations? Early, <laughs> what were the expectations? Let you guys discuss this one very quickly. I just I just want to ask like what your guys' expectations were coming in because I don't know, I'm not just trying to put you in the hot seat here. I actually put TSM in second on my pickups coming out of that group. And uh, TSM are really? by far the worst of the NA teams <laughs> based on this week. So I have completely misread this one. So I want to ask what your guys' expectations of the teams were coming in versus the reality of the situation. Do you want to go well, first, Varen? Well, yeah, well, first, I want to commend you for being such a talented host uh, and your decision to open with the NA topic rather than wait until we had a few drinks to then <laughs> Thank ask. Thank God. Well, I think <laughs> in this way that people don't uh, dig their own graves, you know? True. Um, so, as <laughs> oh. nice. Europeans, can we really be flaming them? We're literally the only uh, region giving them wins right now. So, even the Marchi were able to not do that. But I didn't. I, I never really have high expectations of, of North America. I don't really think that they have, um, on the systemic level, the ability to produce teams that can compete with other regions and worlds. So, even if I don't watch much of the reason, the region, I'm fairly confident not rating them very highly anyway. There's a lot of things that fund fundamentally have to change in North America uh, before before things shift. Um, otherwise, um, just watching them play at this world is quite clear that they don't understand really basic concepts in terms of lane matchups, in terms of how to synchronize lanes with jungle, in terms of how to play around jungle at all in early game. I have no idea who's actually in control of their early games there. You could always tell from Korea when Korea was dominant that the jungle was, uh, was the majority of where the comms were occurring. You could tell that Perks was leading G2 uh, when G2 is in its prime. You could tell a lot of these things because there was actually some semblance of a game plan rather than just people doing stuff. Whereas it doesn't look like they even have a concept of what they want to be doing early on. It's just kind of people doing things and not even doing them well because there are lane matchups they should be winning that they don't win um, and and nothing nothing ends up working out. So obviously they're good enough to beat us, so what, what the fuck can we say? Um, but that's my overall impression of North America right now and it will always be my impression of them until something dramatic changes in that region. It's, it's it's, it's one of those places in esports where you can say maybe things are too far fucked and we just need to like reset everything. There's no suggestions, realistic suggestions that anyone can give right now that would just immediately make them competitive at Worlds next year, for example. Any discussion of how to improve North America has to be a long-term discussion, right? So yeah. you would TL getting out of groups? <laughs> <laughs> So I am uh, I'm surprised they got a win. <laughs> I am curious what you guys think of of veterans' take as well. Whether you guys had any expectations, because I said, as you could tell, I I boarded the hype train a little bit at least, and thought maybe one team could make it out. Um, did you guys board the hype train at all, or was this uh, destined to fail? Uh, I'm be, first, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit chirpier. I thought at least with the way the meta was shifting and how we were kind of looking at more tanks top lane and stuff like that, I thought TL would have been doing pretty okay and i wasn't i think core jj is still good and i think tactical has shown that he is actually quite good as an ad carry when he's given the setup that he needs but um i thought they'd be able to at least put up a pretty decent performance so i'm kind of surprised at where they've gone to but certainly i can kind of see the the differences there although i still thought that g2 and stuff i was kind of looking at going maybe these guys aren't as strong as they used to be but i mean it's world's buff for them so they came in swinging yeah, I think um, the issue with me saying I agree with Veteran is Veteran's take was quite aggressive. 
extreme. Um, but <laughs> Which I, I, is I very surprising. Nobody would have expected oh, yeah, that. Yeah, we, we would have better never have an extreme take or something. <laughs> I understand the concept behind it. And I think I coming into this world, my expectation was that no NA team would get out of groups. Um, the team I thought was most likely to surprise was Team Liquid, mostly because they seem to have a better grasp on... The fundamentals is a weird word, but they seem to have a better grasp on being able to not lose until they get to their point of power. Like as a team, they tended to play more around team fighting. They uh, have more cohesion when it comes to full 5v5s. And so I trusted them a little bit more to be able to play to that win condition. And I think we saw it a lot in planes, like against teams that couldn't punish the early mistakes that they regularly make. Team Liquid are very good at saying, okay, we'll get to 5v5 and then we'll beat you, right? Um, against teams that do punish their early mistakes, they struggle, right? And part of that is a lack of understanding on the fundamentals. As Vedran said, they lose winning matchups. And even when they win winning matchups, they then don't translate that victory into yeah. other parts of the map, right? Um, so I think Team Liquid do seem to lag behind an, on a general understanding of how League of Legends is played at the moment, which is a very loose concept. But their inability to transfer pressure from mid or top lane into a jungle invade or their inability to gain vision prior with their jungler and support teaming up is one of their key weaknesses in my opinion so i'm not surprised by where nar i think team solar mid have uh, tsm sorry have looked a lot weaker than i expected them to and bjergsen especially in my opinion has looked a shadow of his former self yeah. like first game on syndra he had one good like play and then was invisible second game on zillion it's like this guy is 23 and 7 on the pick and then really showed me no reason that he should ever be 23 and 7 on the pick. And then, uh, oh, who did they play against today? I cast that game, didn't I? It was LeBlanc, I think. Yeah, the LeBlanc, oh man, like, against LGD. I, it was so difficult not to just flame him in the cast because like there was a point where he jumps over the wall, has a perfect flank position and misses every single ability. Oh uh, yeah, just like, yeah. Mate, come on, <laughs> and like, when they dive top lane as well early yeah, in the game, like, yeah. It was like, I just... I, I wanted to see more and I hope to see more, but my expectation was that North America would continue the downward trend that we saw probably, I'm going to say starting in 2018, um, like where Liquid went three and three, 100 Thieves went two and four, and uh, uh, C9 did get out of groups. But then 2019, we had the first 6-0 from a major region where Clutch didn't win a single game. And now I wouldn't be surprised if we see the second when a T TSM don't win a single game. So. I mean... Like on on that last point as well. Like obviously the LeBlanc missing the double chains is pretty funny and all. But even if she hadn't done that, that that game was pretty doomed anyway. All oh, three yeah, lanes lost like, lane. Yeah, it yeah, was 100%. nothing to do with jungle interaction at all. They were just the worst individual players. And there aren't many regions we can say that about that aren't complete wildcard regions where we'd expect True. you know the average person there to be like diamond one on the major server, right? Um, I, I will say I think like there is a degree of there is a huge amount of pressure on these guys. And yeah. so like, yes, yeah. you can play better than this. And yes, you can show up better. And I mean, there's a huge amount of pressure on the LPL teams as well. But if an LPL team only makes quarterfinals, like, yes, there'll be a little bit of hate towards them. But generally, the region's doing very well. Whereas every one of these guys for North America, these 15 yeah. players, is carrying the entire weight of a region on their shoulders. And if they fail and if they flame out, they are going to feel that for not only next year, but probably for a few years to come. I think that was incredibly visible in specifically Bjergsen's play as well. Like yeah. some of the plays that he was making outside of just missing skill shots, but like, for example, that the tower dive that we mentioned before where he tries to dive top lane, that was 
at best like a 50 50 play anyway even if he hits the skills right it, that that's not like a solid planned out play that you expect to see from tsm which generally speaking we've seen to be a fairly calculated team that they're not one of these crazy teams like you expect from the lpl or from like g2 for example and it yeah. did feel like some of the plays he was trying to make were like hey i've got to win this for my team right now or we're gonna lose like i that's have exactly to individually like. get this team out yeah. of groups or we're just gonna be like, the enemy forever if you look at it like in the moment you see them back away you see the teleport invested uh by lgd and you're like in my head i'm like grand like they got the tp that's amazing like good yep. job you can play around that that's five and a half minute cooldown great and then you see bjergs and double jump in it's like the actual hell are you <laughs> wait doing? a second like <laughs> this is just you know someone's there you saw the tp so um yeah and i also think some of the players that perhaps would have performed in previous years i mean brock's a there's debate as to how good he was when he was on Fnatic, but he has looked weak on Team Liquid this year, especially. Uh, Impact as well, like, Impact has been found out. He plays three champions, and the weird thing is, when those three champions were banned against him, Team Liquid then won the game, right? <laughs> but that that's more G2 being an absolute clusterfuck today than anything else. Um, but, like, I, I think a lot of the players from, from NA teams are, are less great than they used to be. I mean, I, I will say on the impact side of things, because I think it was Dag that brought up the point that he thought that um, they should, uh, that because the meta is shifting more towards tank tops, that might benefit them. I actually think the only times that I've seen Team Liquid be a dominant threat have been when impacts being on carry champions yeah. and as being able to play out those sideline scenarios. So I actually think this might not benefit them so much and might be part of the reason why they would drop to, for example, like Machu, right? If it was more of a carry oriented meta, I think that would favor him because at the very least it would prevent the enemy from having really easy, hard engage around midsection while he's trying to do something on the sideline um well i want to clarify on my jungle point because for example you brought up that you know they don't do jungle support very well which is true they don't transfer pressure into invades which is true but i think it's 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 on a i wouldn't say deeper level i think it's on like a simpler level than that like these guys don't synchronize waves with where the jungle is about to be parving to right so mm -hmm. say that uh, all the jungle camps are on bot side they might be spawning top side but they're all on bot side right now and jungles on reset well top lane is now suddenly going to break a slow push and just try to crash his wave anyway even even though you know for a fact your jungle is going to be bot side only so you're just making yourself vulnerable to ganks and this is why na players are very very vulnerable to ganks particularly na top lane like they're very bad about playing their waves based on how their jungler's gonna path on a much simpler level than i should push because my jungler wants to invade like they they will make themselves vulnerable when their jungler isn't even on the same side really basic stuff everyone else figured out in season six i think solo was the biggest proponent of that as well i saw that a lot yes his play where he just randomly shove a wave and you're just leaving yourself so overexposed mm. um so i think there's a lot of that but also the biggest surprise for me was especially the like the tsn lgd game like the bottom lane for biofrost and double lift like people have been telling oh yeah double lift come back to worlds he's a legend in na and i just looked like kramer and mark are not a bottom lane that ever gets duo kills like they're yeah. just not an aggressive lane and the fact that they're giving over duo lane kills in that scenario is just like what in the hell is going on in that team like yeah, really I mean, there was... sorry. sorry, you go, you go. Like, double if flash is level one, and they, they we talked about it in the cast. It's like they're expecting to get two first, but at some point, you just count the minions, right? Like, it's not that hard to be like, I'm Ezreal, can I auto attack this minion before the who was it? A Senna can auto attack the minion on the other side. It's like, no. And then after that, you're like, okay, I burnt flash level one. What should I do? Should I back away and make sure I can get my E up before I then step forward again? No, I'll just stand between. Like, Mark does a, it is a nice hook, right? Like, it slides just by the minions. It's well placed. But just stand behind a bloody minion. Like, it, it's, 
it's frustrating because I want North America to be better, and I think yeah. they're just struggling at the moment. And I think they are like PCS one. Like I think NA Team One is PCS one level, and that's just where they are right now. And we have to kind of reset, recalibrate our expectations for this region. And I don't think that's a. It's not a bad thing to have to do. It's just a disappointing thing to have to do. I, I think it's an important thing to mention as well that like it is ultimately in the long term a positive thing to reduce your expectations for NA because currently it feels like they're coming in with like the general public having an expectation that NA should be performing the same as EU, right? That seems yeah. to still somehow be the expectation coming into the World Championship. And then every single year, everybody's incredibly disappointed that NA didn't show up. But if it if it's a consistent factor every single time, maybe the expectation shouldn't be that they do show up. Maybe we should lower that expectation. And then when like the Spring Cloud 9 finally doesn't get robbed of an MSI because of COVID, for example, <laughs> and actually gets to play uh, an international tournament, that is the underdog story that it deserves to be and that it should be praised as because like the old Cloud9 with high and everything performing on the world stage is a long and distant history at this point. So I think if you if you allow this like if you allow the expectation to be lower, then it means that the true story can be told when it comes to yeah. finally an NA. That's form. true. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think C9 has kind of inflated the idea of where NA should place. Like they're the only team to consistently get out of groups. Uh, TSM, I, they got out of groups in 2014 because they were auto seeded out, or 2012 because they were auto seeded out, and 2014 because they managed to get second place in their group or something. Um, yeah, because they lost to Samsung Galaxy in quarterfinals. Um, but apart from that, NA teams just don't make it out of groups. And C, I, I actually, I really feel C9 collapsing has cost them a lot as a region this year. Because if, yes. if C9 was at this world stage at the performance they were doing, you know, mid summer. I would be a lot more confident on NAC making it out of groups. But because they collapsed and because FlyQuest rose up and FlyQuest, they're a good team. They're not a great team. TSM, they're a good team. They're not a great team. Team Liquid possibly could be a great team, but like tier two. Um, they're just, you don't have that best of one explosivity I mean, that you would have with a, a C9, right? Just think about like if, if, the, if C9 in spring playoffs replaces current TSM in group C, I could easily see that Cloud9 making it out of that group. Like that's very possible in my mind. But let's uh, let's stop talking about hypotheticals from NA. Let's move on with the conversation. Um, I want to talk groups then and like have a bit of a recap of what on earth has happened. Because uh, I was going to say it's been a bit crazy. To be honest, there's been less crazy results than usual, I would say, in the group stage. I feel like there's a lot of favorites that have just been the favorites, like... Dan one JDG yeah. top esports all looking sh fantastic. DRX Fanatic looking pretty really good. good. G two amazing. <laughs> well, G two, I don't know, I don't know. That loss today did not look good for them. Uh, but let, let's start with let's start with G two then and, and Group A because G two Suning both two one Liquid and Machi both one two. I feel like this is relatively what you could have expected. I would have expected maybe Machi to go zero three, maybe Liquid to go zero three, and between Suning and G2, I expected one of them to go three and zero. I didn't expect it to be as close as it is. I mean, it's close because of an upset, right? Like G2 shouldn't realistically have lost today. Uh, a lot of their 
flaws from the other games and even from their time in Europe were kind of exposed today. But I wouldn't necessarily say that give give a BO5 to G2 versus Team Liquid and there's a chance that G2 would, would drop the BO5, right? Um, I think G2, in my head, kind of are 3-0 here. But this does put them in a position where I could see them maybe not getting first because their match versus Suning was pretty close. But while their match versus Suning was pretty close, I do have to say, because Wanda was like making the making the statement that he thinks Suning might be the best LPL team, right? And maybe you two can 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 help me out with this because you two have been casting the region for a while. But it's my understanding <laughs> that four of them literally got their one tricks, I right? Am, that four of them I am were Suning's biggest fan in the entire yeah, world. Yeah, you're Suning's Suning biggest fan. Suning are not was the best not, team in the LPL. Yeah, yeah, like, was this not pretty much as comfortable a composition as you could have given Suning's players? Like, four of them basically got their best champions straight up. And then G2 opted to play into that and then still beat them anyway, which made me much more confident about G2 going forward. And then G2 decided, oh, these guys must, just must just must be faker on steroids just because they, they kind of gave them everything in, in draft phase that they would possibly want, you know? Um, if, they go in, if they go in not trolling next draft phase, I could see them very easily beating Sooning and then going out. But then there's always been this kind of like, tendency from g2 to want to give their opponents their strongest thing in europe and they've even talked about this openly in um in interviews um i'm not sure here is the place you want to do this if you are going to then lose to a team like team liquid right um overall the issue of g2 right now is i really don't think yankos is even vaguely on form um, he's making a very frequent first clear decision where if he knows he's being invaded on one side of the map, he's no longer trading specifically on his dominant side of the map and then playing away from that. He's opting into contest even if he isn't contesting into an area it's of lane strength. Yeah, and he's, watch he's done this every time. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or he gets forced off and then is is on a massive delay for the rest of the game, and it's really insane. Oh, if you're going to play a champion sorry, like Nidalee, why would you second? Apparently, the stream is lagging. Yeah, I think I fixed it. I think it's uh, good. No. Again. Uh, that's my, that's on Munchables, not me. All right, that's on Munchables. <laughs> it's my minute. We're just my poor laptop. I'm sat here try to stream with it all the time, but it is struggling. I'm blaming jungle systems. All right, Munch, you you keep the stream alive. Keep, all right, keep but Yankee keeps doing this. He keeps doing this in multiple games in a row. And at the same time, G2 are no longer playing as volatile, I guess we could say, as beforehand. Their laners are no longer getting the significant advantages that they were before. Again, they gave Suning like their best composition possible. Maybe the rest of the world is just catching up with them and laning expertise. But as a result, there are less both guys are on 200 HP scenarios that Yankos used to abuse very well because he was one of the best reactive junglers we've ever seen in the region, right? G2 could always go for somewhat int trades in lane and Yankos would be the jungler that would go in and capitalize on it, right? Rather than the enemy jungler. That was one of his biggest advantages in Europe for a while. That's not happening this world. And at the same time, his jungle parving relative to his matchup and relative to his lane strengths is not actually that strong. Yeah. So their early game, we could say it was weak last Last year it's being abused this year and it's causing them to have to play from a position where you'll see caps make like bjerg some like calls like versus team liquid where he just went all in ham on the top side right there are scenarios where if he didn't play that quite so desperately he probably does just turn the game there but it looked like desperation right? i'm not probably not the only one who thought it looked like desperation. No, it definitely did. yeah and and it's coming from these poor early games that are a result of a poor jungle system that hasn't necessarily been abused up to now, though it was costing them games uh, in Europe, and is now being abused versus a lot of teams. Like, at the very least, they're going to go against Sunni again. Please don't give them as much comfort, because you guys have a lot to work on right now. 
So I just want to kind of go back on the whole comfort thing. So I feel like there is uh, some champions that are definitely comfort for them, but I don't think it's the champions. It's more the style that Sunin likes to play because they do okay. like being on an aggressive top laner. So the Renekton just fits and they want something where you can just have Huan Fong sit by himself and bot side and have sword at Rome. And I felt like G2 actually had a composition that played pretty well against what Sunin wanted to do because with caps mm -hmm. on the Twisted Fate, you can actually get out and move about. And the whole way that Sunin played the early game is, okay, let's group SOFM and sword art together. Let's go three man top with Bin and we can actually start Bin rolling and just let Angel and Huan Fong do their thing and farm up. So I think G2 actually had an, an answer for what they're trying to do. But as you said, like Yankos in the jungle, going in for those invades early, getting caught out, giving over these early kills, which they could then snowball with was a big issue. But I think that game was pretty heavy Sunin favored. And I feel like the only thing that really coin flipped it for G2 was them stealing that Ocean Soul. Like, I felt like that was the point of the game where they actually kind of stalled out enough where, okay, now Sunin, they're starting to run out of steam. You've got G2 are able to now start to bring it back into their favor. And I think if that's, that Ocean Soul had gone over towards Sunin earlier, I think that's a very different game. Yeah, wait, I'm just uh, making sure I recall properly. They stole dragon four right and yeah. then they then Sunin got five yes yeah <clears throat> can, can i give With a, a wild take card. on the whole drake topic actually i actually feel like soul is a bit of an illusion right now the soul that i am the most afraid of is no, cloud no. soul now and i think wow, the rest what? of it yeah what? and yes because it's the only one that can't be countered by optimization of any form okay so uh, um i understand and ms I understand is actually that, ocean massive soul is actually giga broken and if no, because did not have ezreal they lose that game one execution is calling on the renekton one execution is calling on like a renekton or a graves for example and you diminish the effects of ocean soul on the vast majority of the team so then what has what has the enemy effectively done by going for all of these drakes they've seeded two healing. things one, map tempo, and two, economy, and economy can counter this kind of a Drake, right? Which is why we have seen, for example, G2 not actually win on Ocean Soul ever, um, until very recently, not actually win on Ocean Soul ever, right? It's actually not one of the best souls that you can have in the game because it can be so easily countered, not with Morello, but with executions calling on a variety of champions that are meta right now. Hecarim is another one, right? Um, so the one that I'm actually afraid of is the Cloud Soul. MS buffs are actually, this is really interesting, the only buffs that always guarantee a spike in win percentages. They are the only buffs that do that. Um, the Caitlyn buff recently of 5ms is insane, and that's because the way you have to think about MS buffs is you effectively add range to a champion over time. If I tell you that Darius has a 5ms buff, you don't care. If I tell you that Darius's Q now has 25 more range every 5 seconds that he's in combat with you, now you fucking care about it, right? Um, and there's no way to get around that when it comes to the Cloud Soul specifically. Frozen Mallet. Um, <laughs> yes, all the champions that build frozen mallet, my man, you are completely correct. We'll just start spamming them right now. Cogmore, because he can go Rylize, counters it. Perfect, much. You've made Malzahar meta again. Brilliant. Was... You can see the issue, right? These are much higher economy um, things that you have to buy rather than the items to counter the other souls. And with those drakes, in going for those drakes, you give up map tempo and you give up economy, and that's what counters it anyway. Um, and then Elder is now appeared, the enemy potentially is able to counter your soul, and the enemy can now go for Elder Dragon. Yeah, you, you can see where it ends up going now. Like, I, I, I actually think souls are a little bit of an overrated thing. So, I do think that was a pretty good thing for them to steal and deny them in that game particularly, yeah, I, uh, but only because that game was so close. I agree with you, like, fundamentally, I can get where you're coming from. In this mm. specific example, 
I do think Ocean Soul would have been pretty nice for suiting, and I do think it could have won them the game. Like, so, regardless I, of how I, much I, you I, like Cloud Soul. I, am I okay to push this point, Munch? Yeah, Is this go okay? for it. Yeah. Go, yeah, go for it. So, I understand what you're saying. Grievous Wounds, great, excellent. You reduce healing, right? Reduces it by 40%. Amazing. And That's it only costs 4,000 gold across the team. Only, well, it costs 400 gold per champion. You only need right? one. gold per champion, but you only need one, right? Cool. Yeah, in excellent. a competitive Amazing. game. Amazing. Right? However, 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 Ocean Soul isn't just healing. It's fucking tons of healing. Like, it's 160 heal plus... 0.36 bonus AD plus 0.22 bonus AP plus 9% bonus health and it restores mana. Like the idea that this ocean soul is not a win condition seems so strange to me because yeah, sure, reduce it by 40%, reduce it by 40%. If I am a, I, that, mean, that means I'm getting a hundred, uh, sorry, it means I'm getting a hundred heal with no bonus AD, no bonus AP, no bonus health over four seconds and I'm getting 80 extra mana. If I hit a minion, I still get 30 heal and uh, whatever 30% of 80 mana is. Do the maths. <laughs> 24 mana. Like, yeah, but you, ha you can't do the maths. Okay. I did, yes, I did you the can... maths. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> no, no, but you can't do the maths when it comes to the map tempo and the economy yeah. that you potentially give up every time, right? Which is why I brought up those two points as well. You're acting yeah, as if, it's, as it's, if it's, I'm it's, saying Ocean Soul isn't necessarily a win condition. Ocean Soul is a win condition you trade no, for other Ocean win Soul. conditions in the game. Ocean Soul is a win condition. Like, the, the, the issue with it is, is like, um, my my problem with saying you can't play around Ocean Soul as a well, you shouldn't play around a, a soul as a win condition because you don't know what the soul is going to be anyway, right? Like, you can play, like, when you set up the game, you don't know what the soul is going to be. However, if I stack early dragons, like say I get whatever, I know it's cloud first, then I get mountain. I can then look at the next uh, the soul and be like, okay, that's my win condition now. And yes, you give up some early pressure on the map, right? Maybe you give up a rift held and three plates top. Right? I've given up four hundred and eighty effective gold, right? If if they use the rift held top, you can make those trades. But also, if you're a good team, right? I'm using bottom mid pressure to translate into a dragon, right? The enemy jungler is now top lane. I can pressure bot lane. Right? I have my jungler down on that side of the map, right? You don't... It, taking a dragon in itself is not an isolated incident, right? Because, I like, yes, I'm giving up pressure on the other side of the map, but if I have pushed prio in the bot lane because I drafted, like, Ash Karma or Ash Nautilus or whatever, right? I then translate that into more pressure down towards the bottom lane. Like, I understand the idea that you shouldn't say... Um, you get you can get a soul in isolation, right? Because 100% I agree with you. You give up things to take dragons, right? It, it, it's League of Legends. You give up things to get anything. But taking a dragon isn't something where I can't also get something more on top of that. I don't have to give up everything, every lane to make sure I get a dragon. You have to give up every lane, but you will give up tempo no matter what. Unless the enemy team completely runs it down, you will be at a man disadvantage if you are trying to maintain tempo on them and at the same time you're trying to take Drake. Yes. They will maintain man advantage of you. You'll have to get that up. So then you give up resets and you give up wave states. Now you're in a position where LS is jerking off because his lanes can suddenly freeze and the enemy teams can't freeze, right? Um, you will give that up every time. It's not as simple as, oh, well, I can actually still pay attention to a wave or maybe even two waves while my jungler is taking it. You aren't able to do that just because you have a player in there. If they know that you are now at a jungle disadvantage, they can you off that and you have to pressure yourself off that anyway you're not going to be able to get the same bounces the enemy team's going to be able to so you are giving up not just potentially turrets which are a win condition not just because of gold but because of for example mid turret is going to change completely the state of the map or the kind of bounces that you can get if you take tier two on top side are complete differences to the kind of bounces you can get if you take tier one on top side but you're sure. also giving up you're also giving up the initial resets 
Um, so the way that you're going to be able to fix those are now going to have to come down to more of much more of a coin flip play than they were going to have to beforehand. Um, and you're giving up long term economy and long term economy mitigates the win condition you are getting right now. The win condition you're getting right now does not necessarily mitigate the win condition the opponent is getting because it will rely on an opponent mistake occurring for you to get the optimal fight scenario to, for which you can make use of said soul right so I, and then once you get that they will have economy to mitigate the soul itself i mean with, that, that, that's the reason the we big see people give up two soul. dragons and then fight third fourth fifth sixth right like i i can understand where you're coming from it's the which i don't strategy. always agree with yeah which i, I don't I also understand that right like I, I think the the important thing here is like although it sounds like we're arguing we're actually we agree on the majority of the points that we're discussing right like the at the end it's context but we do like because like it, it <laughs> Well, okay, maybe you don't agree with me, but I agree with you. So it's it's a weird dichotomy that we. So have I mean, I mean, like, I'm not talking about like giving up individual drakes. I'm saying that like because we're talking about Ocean Soul specifically. I actually do think you can give up Ocean Soul in the loss of circumstances if you just I have to stop. Okay, then we disagree. You're it. fucking wrong. You're fucking wrong. Like, the, <laughs> the problem with giving up Ocean Soul. It only costs 800 gold. Right. It only costs 800 gold. To I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna derail this conversation now. You still have 60 percent of fucking sold. You're halfway through one bit. You're halfway through one bit. Yeah, we fight for every dragon every That's dragon true. is a fight every dragon matter. deserves a fight <laughs> yeah every um, scuttle crab every dragon but... every <laughs> whatever <laughs> the hell it's on whatever cap the end of the day it's all gameplay context dependent right? so like and maybe there are times you can give up an ocean soul i just don't think you yeah. can ubiquitously give it up and say it's fine we've got grievous wounds yeah there are times you obviously can't give it up like if you're fucking 5k behind in gold and the enemy gets Ocean Soul, then you're never getting back into the game, obviously, right? Let's close this conversation. I want to talk about groups again. Just to, for anyone that missed that whole conversation, <laughs> Medic likes Dragon, Veteran doesn't like Dragon. And that is all that I said. <laughs> um, so let's talk, we, we talked a little bit about Group A. Um, so let's just put a cap on the Group A conversation because we oh, are. Oh yeah, we were talking about Group A. We, I don't know because we we were talking about the dragon that got stolen in the G two seeding game. Um, so, and let's let's kind of look at this from a bit more zoomed out than like the super nitty gritty of every single game that was played because we're going to be all night if we do that for every group. So um, I I'll go to you next, Agda, because you've not spoken that much recently. Um, Sorry, give guys. me give me your. <laughs> Give me your like top down view of this group after the first three games for each team. Which we are, are we in group A? Group A, now, A still, we... yeah. We'll we'll oh, like A. conclude group A and then we'll move on to Okay. Um I I still I think Sunin are the strongest looking in this group right now. I know maybe the lads disagree, but I think definitely the prep that Sunin have come in with is definitely shining through where even you saw against Team Liquid, they're happy to leave open like Twitch Rakan and stuff like that. And they've got an answer with Fon Fong's Raven. I thought that was really cool to see. I think G2 um, their early game is still a little bit shoddy and can be exploited. And then I was kind of surprised by TL. We kind of went through why they're not looking so hot. So definitely, I think it could be Machi Esports coming in third and then TL going into that fourth place spot. Um, especially with Mission. I think Mission, Mission's really impressed me from Machi. I think he's a solid mid laner. And if he can get the ball rolling for himself, I think Machi have the ability to take that third place spot. I really liked when he died at level six today, 1v1 against Angel. That was particularly <laughs> impressive. He got outplayed, man. He got hard outplayed. <laughs> he just he just forgot Syndra has an E. That was yeah. a significant yeah. issue there. Um so so Dagda, just repeat your 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 final so, order then. Your final uh, pickems. G two Machi Team Liquid. Okay. 
What, what do I you can tell where the divide on the show is going to be, by the way. On this <laughs> it's down the middle, mate. It's down yeah, the middle. it is exactly <laughs> down the middle. <laughs> I'll go last, just for the sake of argument. So, Medic, do you want to... We'll go in clockwise, then. Medic, do you want uh, to give us your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to stick with what my uh, what my pickham said, which is G2 Sooning, uh, Team Liquid, Machi. I think Machi are a good team, but I think Team Liquid will come back and, and beat them. And in all honesty, I think that 3-4 that can go either way. Um, but... G2 it's had a happy accident today. No, it doesn't. We don't um, play a tiebreaker if they tie, so that means it doesn't matter. Exactly. Veteran? <laughs> uh, I like I agree on the TL Machi point more than I do on the G2 Sooning one, just because, I mean, they have the habit of, again, giving giving their opponents their strongest champs, strongest comps, um, as Dagda was saying. Um, and obviously, they, they do their best to counter it. Um, I just do think Sooning are a completely different team if they don't get said composition anyway. Um, and I prefer that they would deny it. Uh, and then after the draft that they threw at Team Liquid, which, you know, in fairness, they do have winning lanes. Um, but obviously, it's a much easier draft for Team Liquid to execute if, you know, you start getting desperate like Capsid on top lane. Um, fuck. Basically, I'd be betting against Grabs is the Twitter meme, but I'd be betting against their drafts if I said... Uh, I'll just say G2 Sooning, and if I'm wrong, it's because they ran down draft, and, and that's yeah. why. I mean, I agree with that strategy. <laughs> so yeah. That's the thing for Sooning, is like, even though they got like comfort champs, there's other ones that are still in there. Like, the Zoe can still be played mid, there's a lot there for Angel. Bonfong has got a heap of champions that he's able to play in the bot side of the map as well. Um, and I mean, we've even saw Bin as well, bringing in stuff like the, the Jacks and that mm -hmm. as well, which are working really well. So I don't think it's like, oh, we just get rid of some of these champions. Like Sword Art is an incredible bard too. Like I would love to see him get it in that game, but obviously he was taken by G2. So I don't know. I think there's still enough there for Sooning that it's not as simple as like, ah, yeah, we just ban away like three of the champions that were in that draft. <laughs> all good. I think there's a lot more to it. Yeah, I think the, uh, so I'll, I'll finish off and then we'll move on to group B here. Um, I'm going to go also Sooning G2, Team Liquid Machi, although just to spice things up, I actually do think there's a universe where Team Liquid could actually beat out G2 because honestly, beat that. Out Sooning, you said. <laughs> I just saw a veteran go. I just want to. I just want to. Something that, that something that Sooning? everyone is very conveniently forgotten is that, like Team Liquid, just looked better than G2 in that win. Like G2 really looked like. A, a bit of a shambles honestly and especially perks in the bottom lane has been really struggling yankos has been really struggling like the team is not doing a very good job of playing around yankos at all team liquid it, like even if i just look at team liquid in isolation over their games have got better with each game g2 have got worse with each game if that right. trend continues can i can i put my hand up it's can a massive do you want to know why it happened munch do you want to yeah. know why it yeah. happened g2 when they think their opponents are good try hard when they do not think their opponents are that good they don't try that hard see, no i'm and not it, i'm like, not buying I'm into not the meme i'm good, not no, i'm not it. saying it's a good strategy i'm saying i'm not i'm it's saying it's G2. not a strategy right now because when you look at the player cams when they're in a best of five against Fnatic and they know Sooning. that they've got it right did you watch you, the game no no, no let me talk let me talk <laughs> when uh, when you watch the player though. cams when they're playing against Fnatic, right my god they are laughing during the losses they go 2-0 down and they're giggling to themselves when you watch them lose to team liquid caps laughed they... after the ace caps was laughing after the ace one person let out a giggle majoritively they looked like 
like their whole family had just died. Like it was not a good look. They do not look like they were having fun. They do not look like the jovial G2 that you see in all the voice comms videos. They look like a team that is actually going through real struggles. And I don't think that we should downplay this as, aha, it's just G2 guys. It's all just a meme. Cause this did not look like the meme losses that we've seen in the past from G2. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I will say Yanko's showed the same issues that he has showed versus other teams, right? They were just exploited in other ways, you know, and then they are showing the same issue with their jungle systems. And I always, I never know whether to just blame Yanko specifically because jungle, it's weird to say this because I don't say this about draft, but with jungle, it is kind of a team thing. Um, though you do sometimes have junglers that are just not vocal whatsoever and just refuse to be vocal at all. But everyone has to play within the jungle system itself. It's not as simple as like better jungler will always win because, you know, if you have the worst laners, then you could be parving from bot to top and your top laner gets solo killed at level two. And then you're like, why, 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 why the fuck did we even import Broken Blade? And then, and then you're just like, fuck the rest of the game, you know? Like, I, like, you're just fucked the rest of the game. Like, it's, 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 like, it's, it's, it's it is a two way thing. Um, and there have to be conversations going on with the team as a whole about how they want to play their whole early game system and modeling it as a jungle based system is, is, is just kind of better in general. Like maybe there is a thing that they're talking about where Yankos just has to contest that blue buff that Pantheon is going in to back up his boy on as fucking niddly when he has no hope of backup. Maybe there's, maybe there's some logic on the team there and it's not just entirely Yankos, but I have to say that. And also just the last point, and then we could just move on to the next group. I just want to congratulate my boy Civ HD repping Europe out there and beating Team Liquid. You know, my man, thank you so yeah, much. Much right, this, the sixth this European drink is for you. at Worlds. Yes. I thought they were the yes. seventh. Brushy, brushy, <laughs> detective. We, we, we forget about the ones that are brushy, out. Brushy. It's on you the gotta, case. You got to do right. it in the, right. in the back of the brushy, 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 brushy. Um, solid tactic. Right. It is a solid tactic. You can't really argue with that. Mm -hmm. um, the right. bash is um, still on the case. So I, I think just, just to round it out, like, yes, there are some warning signs for G2, but I have seen these warning signs before, and one bad game does not shake my confidence in this team. Like, I, I still think they will turn it on. And may, like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've collapsed. Maybe they die. Maybe they're actually bad again. But I've seen them be bad. And then I've seen them immediately be really good, mm -hmm. and I still I still have trust in them to be good. See summer playoffs against Fnatic. I yeah. agree with Medic. Fair Unless enough. they end up in a best of five against an LPL team, in which then case they will lose panic. three out. Obviously, <laughs> 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 as, so the... as it so... is written in the scripture. <laughs> so our conclusion here is G two live and die by exactly what the memes are. So we'll have to see. <laughs> we shall see what the memes have in store for them. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Group B. Group B is pretty cut and try, honestly, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I'm sure that you guys probably share the same Damwon. opinion. <laughs> Damwon, Damwon are just better. <laughs> They're just really good <laughs> players. It's just like, hey, I'm better than you, so unlucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, right? <laughs> I, like, I mean, do you guys want to add to that? Like, that is pretty much my read on Damwon. I don't know if anyone else... Like, obviously, there's more to it, but like, even just no, on... Just we just have three winning lanes feels like a lot of the way that Damwon wins a game. They're so clean. It's all... I always loved Canyon the most on that team. I'm not gonna lie. Like Canyon always impressed me the most on that team. Because there are there are ways to play the game less efficiently that end up actually working a bit more. Like Caps, for example, always ends up giving up a wave level three on the variety of champions just to get his side laners ahead. And that's a decision that Showmaker would never ever take, right? Showmaker kind of takes a lot of 
nuke duck based decisions, if that makes sense, um, or maybe feather them based decisions, if that makes sense. Uh, and it works out really well in this region and works out so long as the opponent is just worse than him in laning skill in general. Um, and and that's really good for him. But Canyon, Canyon is, is so consistent in his understanding of the jungle in a way that I don't see like any other player in the world being. And he's always been like a player for me to watch. So I people always like throw them out as this full winning lane team. And obviously versus like a team like TSM or something, that's always going to end up that way and Canyon's not going to fucking matter. But like in general, like Canyon's always been the guy that I've always kind of looked at as, as, as being the real, I'm really fucking impressed with this guy um, player on the team. Dagda, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's also just the ability to understand at pretty much all points in the game what the hell they need to be doing right now and how to just execute it so well. So like one of the like I've seen a lot of stay like the the Pantheon supports and stuff that Barrel is was playing and I've been really unimpressed with them just because it's like, okay, cool, they get stuck in a lane, they don't actually ever do anything and then they just fall off as the game starts to go on. But the ability for them to read where to put the pressure to unlock a lot of people from, yeah the red breast is gorgeous unlock a lot mm. of people from the um the the bottom side of the map or if they need to you know get showmaker out of lane and start roaming as well like they just understand how, exactly what the, what they need to do to counter what the opponent wants to do and how best to play their style of game and it's just super impressive to see how in tune they are with every decision that they make and it seems like if you ever make any sort of foot wrong against them you're done for like it was a good, it, the rogue one was a great example. I think it might have been medic that you called it out was when um, the Larson took like one step. He was not behind his teammates who had like cleanses and QSSs and Tom K and everything that was wrong. And then he just gets caught out with Nash Schultz and he's dead. Like it was just one step and it was just they instantly all jumped on it. And I'm just so impressed with how quickly they can execute with what is exactly the right decision at that point in time. It's brutal. Like damn one uh they showed us day one that they can beat a team into the ground in the first 20 minutes and they showed us against rogue that they can play it a little bit slower and just find their opportunity to strike right like i honestly think them versus top esports going to be the finals i think they're the best two teams in the tournament by a long way assuming that the bracket pans out the way that it should. oh yeah obviously yeah but like please it never put does in the, in the past. Put them in a quarterfinals together, guys. I know it's two first seeds. Just chuck them in there. <laughs> hey, it's <laughs> possible that they're not first I seeds. Damwon goes to semi. Is it Damwon goes to semi finals? And Damwon it's incredibly possible that Top Esports trolls at least one game. I could easily see them trolling two games. Yeah. They're playing FlyQuest and Unicorns. Look, like, I'm no, just saying. No, like, no, no, no. You, know, no, you haven't no, seen as much Top Esports as I've seen. Like, this is a team that is willing to just do stupid <laughs> shit and throw the game. Like, yeah, okay, I, I, I want to rant about top esports. I want to rant about top esports. So they're like the last group. So I will say yeah. this. I don't think Dan won't make it beyond the semifinals. Who I don't do think they ever like, will. Who do you think they lose to? Like who who beats them in a semifinal? A lot of team. So so the, 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 the reason why I don't ever think Dan won does it is because of how they treat scrims. They always treat scrims as like a, a simulated stage game that they have to try to win no matter what. And they always end up giving too much information over to their opponents. This is probably the most intangibles thing that I will ever say about a team. But you have to put this in with the fact that, like my description of Snowflower right now, is that his decision-making is kind of nuke-duckish in the sense that he doesn't really take kind of like uncertain scenarios, right? Right, Showmaker, not Snowflower, right? Fuck. 
Yes, so yeah, okay. I mean just, the, the uh, red breast. To make sure I was going to say the red breast is talking already. I know, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know it's Bevy's. Okay, actually, I will say this by the way: you guys had the honor of seeing me take my first sips of whiskey since last year, December. All right, so feel fucking honored on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did just for this Wait, show. Is right? that since EU Masters, basically? Um, no, since Christmas. Um, yeah, since last year. When was? Yeah, I guess that was so. a couple of months before. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I fondly remember our drinks at EU Masters. But yeah, okay. The so original showmaker, the sometimes Snowflower, <laughs> like making kind of new luck based decisions. And Kenyon kind of makes those kinds of decisions as well. Like the reason why I say that, why I have Kenyon rates so highly, and Medic knows this because I see him in chat sometimes. Like when, when, I'm, when I'm looking at early games, I'll generally look at it very jungle centered and I'll be like, so right now the best thing for junglers to do would be like this, this, this. Kenyon is like the only player in the world where he will always do this, this, and this, right? And then his laners will play really well around that. And that's generally because his laners are just so good. That they will be in a position to play optimally around what canyon is doing um but the problem is that they because they are so consistent in this regard they continue that consistency in scrims and they become one of the easiest teams to read once you hit playoffs so i don't know i don't know how many people know this i i i think it was public but g2 literally only beat them one in two games out yeah, of 21 destroyed. last year yeah in scrims but they 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 knew what Dan won at their optimal was. They knew what Dan won at the optimal was before they played them on stage. And that was the difference maker. Um, you will always hear in Europe about these like scrim god teams that are like sixth, seventh place, sometimes even 10th place in Europe, right? Um, I bring that up because I, I don't know if you guys hear about that in the LPL, but like Medic will have heard of these teams every single year. Um, and that's because. That's because you're giving up too much information. You are giving up too much information that they can actually prep with, um, rather than treating scrims like, for example, G2 treated them, where in every time we scrimmed a team like G2, um, they would always, uh, it, it would always be like 40 kills in 20 minutes minimum if it was a slow game. You know, these guys were not playing as if it was on stage. Or Fnatic, for example, uh, uh, back in my day in Europe, these guys were just like spamming level ones, insisting on a remake because they knew we would, you know, like do dirty things to get scrims with them and then do level one again and over and over again. This is how teams that end up in the top treat scrims. Dan one don't treat scrims like that. Dan one treats scrims as a simulated stage game that they must win using attacks that they use on stage and they give up too much info with that. So I'm always worried when I hear about a team like Dan one and how good they're doing in scrims. They're doing that good because no other team is treating scrims that way, guys. Um, and they're giving up too much info in doing that. And that was why I bet against them last year because I had the same scrim info everyone else did. Um, these players weren't exactly being uh, like secretive about their results versus down one. They were like, okay, hell hell has opened up. We have gotten the worst uh, draft possible. We actually got down one in quarters. We can't beat these guys. It's over. We're coming home early. Do you want to go out for beers on Sunday? Because I'm going to be there. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Like, they're, like, it was all doom and gloom. I was just sat there like, you know what? You guys have won this basically on everything I'm saying and bet against them. I'm willing to take the same bet again this year. I don't think they go beyond semifinals because I think they've given up too much behind the scenes. And this is a very real thing. This is the closest to intangibles I'll ever give. People know how much I hate giving intangibles as like a reason. Um, but this is one that I feel very strong about so i don't think they reach the finals interesting i definitely think they're still top the, the group <laughs> definitely still yeah they're probably top the group yeah <laughs> i think that one one thing i will say though is there's an extent to which there are only certain teams that i think can exploit that like there is a level of talent within down one that 
I think certain teams can exploit if they have that information, like your top esports, for example. But I, I, I do think that top esports and Damon, like on just a raw player skill level, are head and shoulders above the competition, honestly. Like the way that they basically always win every lane, <laughs> they basically always win every skirmish. Like there's an extent to which there's more than just draft there. And especially when it's like they're winning 4v5s and things like that. Like there's an extent to which there is a limit here and only certain teams are going to be able to pass that. So I do mm -hmm. think if Danwan has the right matchup, it doesn't even matter what information the enemy has. I mean, sure, and that's what, like, I assume that's why you talk about quarterfinals, them getting knocked out in quarters or in semis, right? Because that's when you play against teams who are good enough to to, to actually yeah. uh, capitalize on your mistakes, right? So. Also, you have to capitalize on it more often than you don't, right? Like, yeah. a play style like they have lends itself very good to a best-of-one scenario, because if you're going into a best-of-one scenario, you're probably playing multiple best-of-ones over the course of a couple of days, and you can't... <laughs> do what most teams do in a competitive split which is attune their practice for the entire week based on one or two games that they're going yeah. to play you know um you're playing against I'll multiple play. teams yeah they don't get that luxury in the LPL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so let's in, let's um sorry yeah. i'm just going to digress this because we're it's all good we're going on a long time about that one it's um, like, i want to hear i know yeah so um fun. since we've not really talked about rogue and this is a all EU cast. Um, oh God! Let's tell talk me about. about tell me a little bit about Rogue <laughs> here, because like not Finn is bad. Larson's good. Let's, let's do something okay. more than <laughs> just Finn is bad. Larson's good. What? Larson is brilliant. Larson backpacked this team so much. I'm going to grab a second beer while they Good player. And everyone else was like, okay. I love my boy. That's my boy. Like Vanda's played pretty well, in my opinion. Pretty okay. Yeah. 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 Vanda was the guy I was bring up. Um, Hans Summers made a few mistakes, but I'm, I'm enjoying watching him. Uh, Finn is Finn, Finn is in, in this thing down here where I put the rest of my rubbish. Right? Like, I don't I necessarily disagree with anything you said. I would just elevate the praise to like a different level on certain of the players. Like I think Vander's unironically sure. being one of the best supports in Europe for the entirety of the split. Yeah, I, I think after Kaiser, you can then talk about Vander contesting Mickey X for the next one because Mickey X, yeah. obviously at Worlds, everyone's just seeing him do his 1v9 performances, do his usual thing, because he kind of does ramp up with the level competition he's against, mm -hmm. but um, he wasn't open. like that the whole Ripping split. You know? Let's Drink go. Fight, thank so God. Like, go. The rest of you guys up. not drinking was like making me feel a little bit, you know, insecure about it. Well, but, I, but thank I you. I literally <laughs> had a whole bottle of wine on the go while we've been here. What are you talking about? Okay, let's let's do that. Okay, so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Finn, yeah, Finn is not that good. I'll get the Tesco sight of top lane. Oh, good. Chug, chug, I love you, Dagda. Um... <laughs> all right so finn so the state of top lane in europe i i keep saying top lane is like the worst role in europe right now right there's basically only one player that i think from the rookie scene in europe is genuinely ready to move up towards the lec and be like a top contender right and that's together i think no one else really matters everyone else is too inconsistent uh ice beast so is only good when it gets to like super high levels and Otherwise, he's really like he's really so-so. Aggressivo is really good on Irelia, but even that's inconsistent. Um, like these guys have peaks and troughs. Again, there's the only one that is consistently really, really strong. Yopper 
got destroyed by visa issues. I'm sorry, Yoppa, if you're watching yeah. this, I just need to see more of you. But like, Sigenda's the only real one that I can talk about. Otherwise, it's talking to people with potential like Gabo, right? Um, so top lane's in a dire state. Finn is a symptom of said dire state. Um, I do think that there is something going on where people aren't able maybe to teach lane in Europe like they are in other regions, because in Europe it's been less of a necessity for a long time to have to actually coach the solo lane role. And I say this because I praise Mad Lions on one hand for when they have really well-prepared drafts versus certain teams, right? And that, for me, will still be a coaching staff thing. Maybe the players as five are getting together and just nine-heading the draft for the next week, very specifically tailored for the opponents. But I kind of doubt that. I generally assume they're just playing solo queue and getting mechanically good, right? But at the same time, we haven't really seen a Romer-like improve, right? And when I look at Rogue, a lot of them have improved. Inspired has improved, even if I won't put him as a top-tier jungler yet or anything like that. Um, but Finn just hasn't improved from the early point that he was at, which is a shame because he'd improved very quickly in the year previously to when he joined the LEC. I think there might be something going on with staff where they're not able to coach solo lanes as strongly as they should do. And I'd understand why that would happen in Europe because we used to just we, we used to just like breed solo laners like rabbits, right? Um with top lane that's not really to the same extent anymore and top lane's being a little bit neglected and finn i think is more of a victim of that um i don't want to go like super hard on finn so that's my that's my rigid defense of him but he is underperforming and that is somewhat being exposed uh at worlds yeah. i think inspired has a very set in stone way of playing our early game that hasn't changed too much from last year except that sometimes he does have first players that are actually pretty good relative to lane states uh, last year um apparently i'm boring medic last year um i would i would say a lot that he was very good at fixing um his team's terrible map state but he himself created that terrible map state in the first uh clear that's less true this year um it's still true in a lot of games but it's less true this year for example thinking about his hecarim games right now his hecarim games are actually pretty good in general but they comp specifically around that so that's more like a general team-wide aspect kind of defending him there um and then when it comes to the bot lane i think vanda's brilliant i think handsome is a really really good laner i think handsome has always had more of an issue with uh lane setups than uh anything to do with his own particular mechanics uh, like on misfits we actually um on H2K, got our wins off of them because we knew that Hansama would side lane in a scenario where we would be able to get very easy river control and deny him being able to group with his team and get good team fights that way. Um, but that's more of like a team-based thing, right? I think Vander's performed really well, and I think Larson is phenomenal on a specific set of champions. But if he's on that specific set of champions, he 1v9s the game. So he's kind of the idea people had in their head of Nemesis, but like actually... You know, because people always had this idea in the head of Nemesis that maybe he has like a bit of a shallow champ pool, but he's like a god on them, except for the people who, for some weird reason, think he has a champion ocean. Um, Larson actually is that. Um, Larson's echo needs work because he doesn't go for proper flank opportunities. The things he does on Akali and team fights give me a lot of hope for him, though, because I think he actually has one of the best Akalis in the entire region. And given the fact that I would describe him as a mage player, uh, mostly, that's actually really strange. With his echo, he needs to find flank opportunities that are literally handed to him um, a bit better. With his Akali, he does really good things in team fights. Generally, my my bar for a good Akali, and this is probably going to get memed, but like you. you you can extrapolate this yourself is if the akali is the kind of guy who will just e in and then 
immediately W and just engage that way and cause a lot of disruption in the fight, then I will put them automatically on a tier above other Akalis. He is that kind of Akali, and he also plays sizing well and actually finds angles really well on him. For some really reasons, he doesn't do that on, on Echo so much. Um, but these are the only two assassins I can really talk about him playing because he doesn't really, he doesn't really leave the Mage Champ all that much. As a front-to-backer, he is a giga good carry. Like this guy, the first half of the split, I wasn't thinking of the team as Rogue. I was just thinking of it as Larson, and like there are four other guys there, and occasionally after that knowledge they exist, but it's mostly just Larson, right? And that has continued at Worlds. Even the games that they have lost, that has continued at Worlds, right? Azir versus Zogue, sure. Maybe I think you should have locked in the Echo and just tried to hard carry, but he was still performing so well that game. And it wasn't until he was like in 2v4 situations and trying to suicide to like stop balance and try to win the game that he started dropping his KD or anything. It's not like he dropped his KD or, or was maintaining his KD because he's ignoring um, potential like flip scenarios. He was just playing so phenomenally well. And I really do think like players like Larson are the future of the region um and i think in a couple of years time last one will just be the hands down best player in the region so there's my last one run there's my take on rogue um i don't necessarily think they can make it out just on the basis of having two really good players um but i i really wanted to highlight how well larson is doing because i i don't think you can give this guy enough credit like rogue were competing for first place majority because this guy existed damn that I was hard. Uh... That was, yeah. that was long, but it's I appreciate it. Yeah. It was very yeah. in-depth. I haven't, I haven't had a show for the that. whole fucking split. I haven't been able to stream for the last two months, all right? I've had a lot to say. <laughs> have you heard, of, have you heard of conversation? It's usually <laughs> well, conversation, right? I just I'm listen kidding. to the voices <laughs> in my head, and that's conversation, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dagda, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that's the hard thing for Rogue, is like, when you look at their two good lanes, you kind of mentioned Vander, we mentioned Larson as well in mid lane. Like, you're up against JDG and Damwon, who've got, like, Beryl, Showmaker, Yigel, Lumeo, insanely yeah. strong for each of the roles. And then you're up against arguably the two as strong are the two best top laners in the whole fucking tournament right now in Zoom and Nuggery as well. So like you're just gonna get exploited as Finn. Um especially like maybe if you're up against some of the other teams, it wouldn't be as obvious, but you are against the two best top laners in this tournament. So he's always gonna struggle and it's just gonna make it so much worse. So for Rogue, it just feels like you end up being nullified where you're strongest at and you're actually exploited like massively exploited where you're weak as that so i just don't see them really having a chance yeah i agree all right well i'm going to close out the group b conversation there then because rest in peace psg talent. otherwise we'll be here for like three yeah. hours we, we're already <laughs> beyond the hour mark that i said was our estimated runtime so um, i am sorry i i no, i actually no, 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 i'm no, no, no. so used we, okay. we we bear yeah. the equal brunt to this we took 30 <laughs> minutes to discuss whether ocean soul was a good idea <laughs> i will say the ocean soul discussion was not a part of my initial rundown i'll admit i should have allowed for that it was foolish. i love those kinds of discussions so group c super group easy c, yes. uh fanatic tsm Gen G, LGG, we all agree. Nice. Okay, Group D. Hang on a second. Uh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think um, I think Gen G probably still top that group, even though Fnatic beat them. I just I Fnatic, Fnatic seemed like such an up a roller coaster of a fucking team to me. Like I'm surprised they won today, even like casting it in the moment. Like when they won that team fight at mid, like they have three people mid and two people on dragon, and then they win the team fight. I was like what the actual hell so, is happening what is like this team maybe they just got all and they won i'm like <sighs> you guys can inform more on it than so, i can but at risk of sounding like a moron i'm gonna take a stab at this 
and then veteran and dagter can tell me how wrong i am okay okay it's play by play life for you right there I know, yeah. <laughs> um the way i saw it was and this is what i thought about Sorry, genji coming into the tournament was that genji are by default a slow team right they, they like to play slow they don't generally push the tempo that much um yeah. at msc that was challenged in a big way and the lpl teams that just played faster than them just beat them and then obviously top esports was just better in in all regards in the late game but it felt to me like Fnatic putting that much pressure on them in the early game made them sweat like genji did not feel comfortable for one second of that entire game and i think that in matchups where they are against slower opponents, Genji are going to look like a, an exceptionally good team because they do have exceptionally good late game team fighting. But when you challenge them in the early game and really push them like that, it feels to me that they don't really deal with that pressure very well at all. And I could easily see Fnatic doing that again. You first? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Genji definitely are a team that are based on having control of the game and then using that to actually win off of. I think certainly Clid is someone that works well with BDD and trying to set that control and very heavy on the getting wards down and stuff like that. But I think the the thing that I have... The thing that you talked about for Fnatic is also the thing that I haven't been impressed with them is that like they seem to have to throw the game into chaos in the early stages so they can try and like do weird things that just catch their opponent out. And I think against better teams where you're kind of ex at least expecting it to a certain extent, they're really going to struggle. Like, I remember watching, I can't remember what game it was, but I remember watching them in the LEC this year, just one of the games that I managed to catch. And they were like diving tier two towers with TPs at like eight minutes into the game. I was just like, what in the hell is going on? Um, so I think certainly... Base. <laughs> so I think I mean... certainly... Yeah, it can catch some teams out, but I think over time, Fnatic are not going to be able to run with this. I think Gen G second time around should be able to that's the thing, up. though. How much are we really going to allow this to be called overtime? Because we're in a single yeah, a double round round, right? Like, like we, they don't have a lot of time to prepare for this and, and get ready for it next time. I will say, though, if an LPL caster is being surprised and saying, what the hell is going wrong, we're doing something <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I feel I mean... like the whole thing revolves around self-made. If you can, like, shut down self-made, it just feels like Fnatic don't really have anything to do. I think that's fair. It's quite clear to me when it comes to Fnatic, that the core dynamics in the team are the Whipper Heathersang dynamic and self-made relative to these two dynamic. And this is similar to how they always have been. You could tell and predict the way that Broxer was developing if you acknowledge that he was essentially either parving directly to one side lane or he had no idea what he was doing. And that's because we knew that Caps was not vocal whatsoever initially when he joined, and he eventually became a player who could give good information in game. Um, and that's more of a testament to Youngbuck than anything. And similar with Nemesis. Um, Nemesis initially did not give any communication because Selfmade gave all of that on Mad Lions. Um, and then Nemesis eventually became a really good information giver. And again, I, 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 I do give a lot of the credit for that towards Youngbuck. Um, initially, Broxer was unable to, like, Broxer I always said was good at connecting the dots, but he was never good at setting the dots himself, right? Um, and as a result, you could predict how he, how he does on TL right now if you were using my model. Um, with Selfmade, Selfmade is getting the information that he needs, um, but he is able to acknowledge midsection in the same regard, and he's able to acknowledge the map in the same regard. But you do get stuff like what you got versus Genji, which is that he worked really well with Hillisang, who is a very communicative player, 
um, to uh, shut down Genji's bot lane to the point where B B Didi, uh, who I always call B Didi, and I never really know what the appropriate official pronunciation of that is. It's okay. Dick Daddy. You've got the two options. Two sides. Are you allowed to say that as a Wirecaster? We're just having a pint in the pub. Baby's a voice. I'm just a boy here. Yeah. The the DRX mid laner or no okay uh, sorry 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 okay the 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 other mid laner that is off Nemesis the MVP okay who gave Nemesis a 15 CS lead uh, TP'd uh, bot side <laughs> looks like a desperation play to me because he didn't escort his wave in on mid section to make sure that it would actually crash properly he left it at terrible wave state and he might just be used to players not actually opting in for the freeze and actually opting in to try to match him on bot side Nemesis did not do that and uh, their bot section with jungle played so well that B Diddy was not actually a, a, a factor. Uh, down on on bot side, right? Um, that's very very rare. And then Nemesis actually got a massive CS lead on that. And for anyone who is not aware of Assassin's place in this day and age, she is an assassin the moment that she hits two items. Um, we don't quite know why Riot is allowing mm -hmm. this, but they are allowing this. No, Oriana is now oh, an assassin. Oriana, okay, yeah. You Once said she hits two place items in the current meta, so I was trying to, I was trying to identify which champion. Well, Oriana, I, I don't think of Oriana as a mage. Once she hits like a two item spike now, uh, she she just one shots people. Yeah, now. it's just shockwave um, dissonance, right? Like it's 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 really disgusting to be honest, and it should not be allowed in the game. And you guys should really be nerfing. I mean, that. Well, it's um, like it's like Syndra, right? It, outside of just her ultimate, like you just Q E W and the entire team is dead. Good yeah. job, bravo. I will. I will. But say, either way, sorry. I don't think B Diddy I expected. I, I will just because I've been trying to finish this point for a while. Sorry, right? let me finish your point, point and then we'll talk about Mage. Fucking point, guys. All right, like holy shit. Okay, so B Diddy, that looked like an act of desperation to me. It gave Nemesis a lead that he's not used to getting in Europe. In Europe, normally, no one would fucking give up that kind of a lane advantage to help their inting bot lane. All right, they would just flame their bot lane in post in post vod review afterwards and be like, "What the fuck are you doing this one? Dicking this guy in mid lane." All right, this guy is like 20, 40 CS down. I never wanted to see Nemesis play Oriana again but on the basis of how it performed in Europe. But in Worlds, B Diddy did this. He didn't expect Nemesis to do what he did. Nemesis ends up ahead and Nemesis' Oriana ends up being a threat for the rest of the game. We don't even see that fucking scenario ever occur in Europe for very good reason. Um, and when you guys are describing the team as you're describing them right now as being more of a slow team that gets caught out by fast-paced teams, then I kind of understand. I'd be lying if I said that I, I watched this team in the regular split. I would be completely lying. But it does make sense of what I just saw there. Seems like they didn't expect this. Nemesis is kind of the slow aspect that matches their team, while self-made Hillisang was like the faster aspect that they aren't used to playing against. And this caused a very unique dichotomy. I think life into the early game as well, which didn't help. Life into the fucking draft. Like, what the fuck are you doing not yeah. taking flash from Wakan? I don't give a yeah. shit about your magical, like, technology, right? I don't, I, I literally <laughs> don't give a monkey. Take, take Spellbook if you fucking want it. You take flash exhaust. Like, you are an abs. Uh, yeah, Erg, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Say it. I don't care. Like, just take oh, yeah. flash. You're Wakan. Yeah. Please take flash. Yeah, I mean, dying level one and no heal either. So, we, like, even if you get caught, you're just fucked. So, it's just like level one, all right, walks into Hilly's hook. I, I like, I completely forgot about it. It's only when you were talking, I remembered. It was just that level one where it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to int my ass off in this bottom lane. Mm -hmm. And then, all right, cool. And I think that's why, like, 
um, you nailed it veteran with the desperation play was just like yeah. oh, for fuck's sake they're gonna die again and you get the double TP to just be like right we gotta put the stop to this but it just fucked up the rest of the map for them and honestly I mean... like, if that doesn't happen yeah. I mean it, it ends up as a much easier game you were talking about the mid lane but certainly top lane as well like giving up that entire wave state as well and yeah. you still got uh, this Ezra where the whole idea is hey we're gonna build off of his cheap two item spike and He's now in the fucking dumpster, so he doesn't become relevant until way later and never really gets relevant. So the whole thing just fell apart from that. Very so my apologies. Have last word here, but keep it concise, and then I want to move on to apologies. Okay. <laughs> so so okay, okay, I was going to say I'm my apologies gonna, um... to Medic, but now I'm going to say my apologies to Medic and Munchables because I'm going to go on a bit of one here. But um, oh so the, the the spell book for Khan is actually something I've been advocating when it comes to Twitch but for Khan itself. Flash. But TwitchCon itself is a lane that I've so I, I'm gonna explain why why I like it for TwitchCon, why I don't like it here, medic. Oh, I don't okay, why, I, I agree with you on this, okay? I don't agree on I, I agree with you on this, all right? It should be Guardian in, in this particular lane. So TwitchCon is a lane that a team that could got a lot of success with, right? They got a lot of success with as I believe it was Dugda that um that that said it, because they were playing he's, against he's like worse direction. teams. He's not that direction. He got a point towards him. He's for me he's right. right. No, no. On Wherever. the screen he's up and you right. have to look at the Twitch stream, he's that way. He's that way. <laughs> Just, just okay. Medic, medic's my 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 hand at this point. All right, just wherever medic's pointing is where Dagda is. All right, that, that way, yeah, there we go. There we go. Man that comes from the same lands that produces this God's elixir, right here. Okay, all right. Um, anyway, pointed out. Um, Twitch Khan worked really well because they were against worst team. Twitch Khan should never win late. So I actually advocate for Spellbook on Twitch or Khan because it allows you to play in a much more defensive capacity, whereas I view Guardian as a much more aggressive rune because it allows you to take trades that your otherwise wouldn't. Whereas Twitch or Khan should at most be trading one for one in lane and then outscale. The way that Twitch or Khan should work, and I, a lot of people kind of got this wrong, what Rakan does is with Rakan's ultimate, I don't know who Medic's pointing out right now, like by my so that's, it should be I found out it's apparently reversed on the Twitch stream so he's over there when actually <laughs> Omni <Omnicam> camera <laughs> I did say that I said that at the time I, look, look Munch, I'm sorry there's only three voices I can hear at once one of them is my own the other two are veteran talking about the other two are the other two voices <laughs> so, yeah, right. Rakan okay Rakan's ultimate so a lot of people though. talk about the invisibility of Twitch benefiting Rakan alright but it works the other way around Twitch can now take lethal tempo because Rakan's ultimate delays the fight enough after Twitch Ws to allow lethal tempo to proc, and then Twitch becomes completely unstoppable. It is a scaling thing, right? You're not going to have the ultimate even level 1 to 6. On level 6, it's not going to automatically win you the 2v2, etc. You are playing this lane to lose. So when you pick it against a team that actually is able to play lane-dominant bot lanes like fucking Draven, obviously you're going to get completely shafted, and now you're just the laughing stock of your region like every other team that comes out of your region, right? Um, but in this scenario, when you're playing it with a champion like Ezra, that doesn't have to seed lane 24 7 and you're playing rakan which i'm sorry dom like i love you dom but you're wrong on this one um actually does well into leona you shouldn't be taking until spellbook and you shouldn't be taking these uh summoner spells and i agree with a uh, medic on this point but the until spellbook i would have loved to see the twitch rakan lane because with the twitch rakan lane you actually should be losing anyway right and then going for these guaranteed one-for-one -one trades is actually beneficial for you because you'll outscale everything on the fucking map like if you're trading one for one as the lesser scaling team you're just losing that's just a losing fucking trade so i actually like life's um setup 
if it was on the Twitch Con lane team liquid um but i don't like it with the ezreal lane life because you actually had an opportunity to win this lane um because you are good versus leona you can sustain the burst post six versus leona and then just delay them and get back to safety so that your ad carry can do all of the damage that he can um with which i disagree with dom on that but i don't disagree with any of dom's guests on that so wherever he's just hearing the same thing he's heard like 50 billion times already um, so yeah, that's my mini rant about that particular setup. I do agree with Medic, but I just wanted to expand on it so everyone has the knowledge and we can share it and be free. And Medic's Happy drinking enough. wine because, you know. So I Fnatic it. first, Genji second, LG third, TSM fourth, right? Just, TSM don't get a game, we all agree? Cool. I, yeah, I, I agree. mean, I, I well, really it depends. I do just, I want to give Dagda an opportunity here because we've not really talked about LGD and Dagda knows a lot about LGD and <laughs> he likes LGD. I'm not quite sure mm, why, yeah. but he does. Wait, you like that, LGD? So, well, yeah, I like Dagda. So, so, what happened? so what happened was, <laughs> so I like LGD because I said, I think this team's going to finish fourth when I looked at them when they got on paper at the start of the split. And then they ended up fourth. So I somehow became the lgd guy so now i got to support them to the grave but <laughs> but i think to give due to lgd they look shocking in play-ins but at least in groups now they're starting to look a little bit better um i still don't think they've looked amazing but i i think she is a really really strong carry i think we've started to see mark actually really stepping up as well mark um at least in regular split was abysmal we saw a lot of that in planes as well where he'd missed like every fucking spell he threw out but at least now in groups he's actually starting to connect with he the has a few spells yeah um and as well i think like lgd as a whole seem to be getting at least our team fighting seems to be a little bit better we saw a hint of it in playoffs but i like quickly dismantle that when we got into play ins for worlds but at least i think lgd they do stand a decent chance i don't know like I have them in, I had them in fourth for pick pickums, but honestly now looking at it, there is a chance that they can maybe take something off of Fnatic and or Gen G, depending on how their game goes, and they do end up taking mm -hmm. that second place spot. So, like I'm not completely mm -hmm. writing them off. I still have Gen G first, Fnatic, LGD now, but there is a very real possibility that LGD come in on a good day when they're not tilted. Peanut gets his champions that aren't fucking Lilia, and then he's able to actually do what he wants to. So I, I actually think the issue for LGD is Kindred's just going to be banned against them every single game. Now. The thing but is, I think Peanut like, just gets banned out. Basically, what Peanut needs is a strong early game dooner. So if you can stick him onto like Lee Sin, a Graves, something like this, where he can actually oh. go into the jungle, work alongside like Shiye's pressure and, and I watched Peanut like you're good. I watched his Lee Sin in play-ins. I did not feel yeah, like pretend players no. Here's the, here's the secret like, medic. With LGD, yeah. like there are a lot of games that you just have to pretend didn't happen. And then we cherry pick these select few where it looks good and we're gonna say that that's what LGD can do. And like, just hope. When we when we look at LGD, they beat IG, they looked amazing. <laughs> did they ever play Sunin in playoffs? Okay. No, I, I not ever. Someone, or original <laughs> Yeah, we're going to your chat the just told me Peanut has a 33% win rate on Lisa in this year. So I'm just like, play it all you want. Play as well, much if it, fucking if it, Lisa as you want, on, LGD. That's year, very good for me. I'm very if happy whole if you play year, Lisa. I mean, look at summer, because the year is very... Spring is just like... Spring okay, is a different okay, story. Terrible give, me, give me 30 yeah. seconds, and I'll find out his stats for summer. Here <laughs> <Okay>. we go. <laughs> but yeah, I want to... I just... Career, so it's sort of summer, you say, on Lee Sin. Hmm. 30% win rate. It actually goes down. Actually <laughs> By 3%. Either way, the idea is there, right? Basically, like, LGD... 3 and 7. Shh. 
You're not doing right. a very good that, job here. Exactly. Right. Explain how well, they the win whole, with Lee. Okay. I'm less convinced about LG. So what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> what he needs is a champion where he can actually go in. The reason I don't like him for Lilia is that he can't actually like skirmish well. Well as well as he usually does and can't get in and invade the enemy jungle because you just don't have that pressure so essentially what we want to see is him working with mark like we saw towards the end of the summer split but also a lot in playoffs as well and off of Xie's pressure in, uh, in mid as well and honestly you just kind of stick long xing onto something that's like an orn like any anything that can just set up these really easy engages is where lgd shine because we've seen mark can be a little bit shaky and because they rely so heavily on team fights to actually find their victories, they need something that's just that easy go button for them. But they are a team that relies on that early snowball. Otherwise, their mid to late game shot calling is just abysmal. I will say sure. as well, if Lang Xing isn't on Orn, or Camille and Xie has Twisted Fate, they don't win. As a rule, those are the two scenarios in which LGD wins games, in my mind. Um, anyway, let's move on from LGD. I just wanted to give Dagda an opportunity to talk about that. So. Very quickly, let's just go around and put our final placements then for Group C. I'll start. I'm going Fnatic, Gen.G, TSM, LGD. No, wait, wait, wait. LGD, TSM. What am I talking about? Ah, that's a good prediction, TSM. Okay. <laughs> They're coming good back, job, LCS fanboy. <laughs> uh, Dag, so you go next. We'll go oh, class. sorry. Uh, Gen.G, Fnatic, LGD, TSM. Okay, yeah. Medic. Oh, it's not a U4 if I don't go Fnatic, Gen.G, LGD, TSM. And Veteran. After um, Riot started the Euphoria show, a lawyer, who's actually now a team owner, uh, messaged me saying... How did you turn this into a rant? Because he did the Euphoria hashtag. Yeah, they told me that they were right and I should have trademarked Euphoria. And they'd actually told me like a year earlier that I should have trademarked Euphoria. Wouldn't it be difficult to trademark it when it's a word? Well, it's the it, because of the capitalization yeah, of the U. Word. I actually have an argument that I, that I I can mean, actually. Yeah, but then yeah. Uh, so, not, so the trademark's be, different not, from copyright not to be in that right regard. Here is all we would have done is say, "Hey, we just capitalize the whole thing, and you have no say." Stay. I would potentially have had a case there anyway because I would have cap I would have trademarked some variant. Let's move the conversation on from uh, anyway. Hard to trademark an entire word. Uh, I mean, yeah, but it's not hard to steal it, apparently. Um, I'll do Genji, Fnatic, LGD, TSM. I'm not even on the fucking show! <laughs> this, I mean, is your fault, this is your fault, This is your fault. You should have contested that point, then. Oh, <laughs> okay, get, Veteran, <laughs> give, me your, give me your four in Group C, please. Genji, Fnatic, LGD, TSM. I think Genji will realize that they can't do certain things after their first game versus Fnatic, and then they will adapt to that in the second game. I do really want to praise Selfmade on his performance, though. I think Selfmade is the best jungler in Europe now. Uh, last year, I was saying it would be close between him and Jankos. This year, I'm thinking it was close between actually him and Shadow rather than Jankos. Um, but then Shadow shit the bed, as everybody saw. So uh, it's just Selfmade uncontested, to be honest. And I'm really, really happy for him. Uh, he he deserved it. He was one of the best ERL uh, junglers for a long last time. And okay. I'm really okay. happy for veteran, him. Veteran, veteran. Okay, we're, we're cutting it there, right? <laughs> we can move on to the next one. I was going to yes, move to Group D. Do you want one? Despite what you said, I was, very sure on it, you I, can... was, I was hoping Veteran didn't go on a discussion as to why he was one of the best EOL junglers. Oh, right. I, I felt, thought you wanted I to add it was on coming. To okay. And like, I, Veteran, I love the amount of knowledge you have, and it is really informative, but I've had a whole bottle of wine now, 
and I, I'm ready to finish this conversation. Grab the other bottle then. This what is are you waiting okay. for? Grab the other fucking bottle. Group D. I'm moving the conversation on now. Let's talk Group D. Top esports. I love this guy. Obviously, I love this guy. I really clearly do. head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. Um, DRX, looking pretty good actually. Surprising. I, they actually did better than I was expecting. But that is because Unicorns of Love completely and utterly have shit the bed. I'm so disappointed. I thought that they were actually going to upset people. They look great in plans. I was excited. They've got cool names. Uh, they play cool picks. They bring out this weird shit. And then they, yeah, it's just not looked. I mean, they played Carthus, was... so that was good. So I would like to say that whereas much has been said, and by much I mean like one tweet by one analyst, but it's really well known, um, has been said about how No Man's Lost Lane um, versus uh poe in the first two levels i would like to say that he actually had poe on the ropes before he died because he actually oomed out poe anyway even though poe dicked him in the first two levels but then when that grouping happened he decided to just run up and get one shot and i will never understand why because i was just sat there like oh my god you have it you had you had it man you had it man and i was just really disappointed there and then after that point, I don't give a fuck about unicorns anymore. You guys can lose every fucking game after this. But you had it, man. You fucking had it. I was watching it. it on the pro view. I was watching it on the pro view, man. And it was so disappointing, actually. Um, I would also like to make the case for me being a Knight's biggest fan in the world. I've been I know, watching I don't him. know, Vedius is how I'm sorry. He's played I've been watching him since like, season six. I've been watching him since season like, fucking oh, six, all right? Oh. All right. so I've been watching him since season six. I've brought him up on stream consistently as the Talon player to watch because he used to be a Talon player, if no one really knows this. Like, the, the journey of Knight is actually an inspirational kind of fucking journey, right? His contract held on his initial team, and his reaction to that was not like, fuck this shit, I'm going to leave this scene for a scene that won't just completely abuse my labor. And instead, he was like, fuck it, I'm going to go on the Korean server, I'm going to play nothing but Talon, I'm going to hit rank one, and he fucking did it. He was the best Talon in the fucking world. And I watched him because I am a massive advocate for Talon for gaining ELO, all right? So I've watched this guy for almost <laughs> half a fucking decade okay all so right. i am the world's biggest night fan and i'm so fucking glad he's that world so that's all the time we've got veterans so the, the conclusion here night <laughs> is going to be playing guaranteed one of the stories that people don't realize is that like so night and yugao are from the same hometown they played on the same team in like a pc mm. bar, we would but mm -hmm. yugao was the starting Yugao was the starting mid laner. Knight wasn't different considered guys. good enough to play mid laner. He had to fill. <laughs> Knight was the yes. dumpling bros. It's, it's Zoom, such a Zoom cool story. Like, uh, you could make a movie out of Knight's journey to this world championship. Honestly, you, could. All right? you really could. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the problem is Faker exists, so he's never going to get a movie for him before Faker gets a movie. <laughs> it's story so. had so much video more interesting than Faker. Wait, his story is so much more interesting than Faker, and I'm sorry, but for the no, last two not. for the last two years, he's been better than Faker as well. Yes, it's sure, so much more interesting. Like... Faker has not had anywhere near as much opposition in his life as 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 this guy has had. All right, <laughs> nowhere near. No, nowhere near. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't even try. No, 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 no. What? What? No, 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 no. Faker's organization has been on right his side now? the whole fucking time. This guy's had no to fight September the orgs that he's been in. This guy has had to fight the orgs that he's been in at every fucking stage oh, of his career. 
Like, he actually has had to do that. Like, the world has actually been against Knight. The world has never not been against... Uh, the world has never oh, been yeah, against I Faker. Agree. I world's say. never not been against Faker. That's been <laughs> <laughs> the world's always been on Faker's side, all right? The world has always so, been on Faker's side. Hey, <laughs> the world is against <laughs> every player at the World Championship, guys. Of love zero six. <laughs> well, it's not... <laughs> It's not oh, against Knight, it's fucking Jackie Love Bob. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, cheers, man. Appreciate that. Sorry, right. wait, wait, wait. can I just praise Jackie Love? Because I think Jackie Love's the only AD carry from China that actually is actually even vaguely good at the game. You guys are not good when you don't abuse best the idea. But Jackie Love is also really good. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, wait, Jackie Love is actually... Jack, no, really... Jackie Love is the best center in the world. Yeah, yeah like, I think he Jackie was laughing is... at what Dag just said. Yeah, no, I was... Yeah, it was a Logan comment. It was a Logan comment. It was the Loken comment that I was laughing at, not the Wait, center Loken, comment. Wait, Loken's center is bad. <laughs> yeah. I will allow Medic to take this. Loken's center is bad. Jackie Love's center is good. I have taken the point. I did Jackie Love concisely. is one of the best way to carry players in the Excuse world. Excuse me, veteran, you allowed me to take it. True, continue. Continue, my friend. I'm done, Munch. <laughs> Medic, you're a gentleman. You're a gentleman. <laughs> Medic just donated 10 subs, and I appreciate that. Um, ten. All right. And just, just I, yeah, I don't want to put any pressure on, but that is a custom here on the show that all of the guests <laughs> don't. Right, that makes me not want um, to. <laughs> all right. Um, so let's. I, we're we're at an hour and a half now. So let's um, sort of conclude some of our conversations here. I realize we I'm didn't really two to three hours get into Come Group on, D. What I said. once no, I mean, Okay. So, so here's the thing with Group D. I, I, I'll do a few quick munch. Top Esports, one of the best teams in the world, they're going to win. DRX, okay, but Choki's going to show up and Death doesn't look amazing. Other teams, who gives a shit? We're done. Fair enough. I can get behind that. <laughs> right. I'm going to let I'm gonna let Dag to go next, and then Veteran, you have final word, and then we're going to close out the show. Yeah, Top Esports, DRX, uh, FlyQuest, UL. UL, have not impressed. FlyQuest, well, they're second last. And then Top Esports just look amazing. Um, I don't know if they're going to win the whole thing. I... We'll wait and see if um, veterans, veterans that Flight one. Is I think that's thing. gonna be ready. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. yeah. I had to take the NA spotlight for more. But uh, <laughs> no, I think top esports. I I oh, have the most favorites, but I still think Damwon looks scary. And I'm curious to see. <laughs> Veteran hasn't steered me wrong, but I still think Damwon are a force to be reckoned with. But either way, top esports, DRX, FlyQuest, UL. It's difficult to see you wrong, Dagda, because you're genuinely really good at what you do, and why you should look into this guy. Um, don't look into much, much shit. He's not wrong. I wanna, I wanna briefly talk about, I wanna briefly talk about FlyQuest. Um, so I actually think FlyQuest are fucking terrible. I think part of the reason why they are terrible is because of the way that their bot lane is playing a lot right now, um, and particularly the way that their bot lane was recently playing when they decided that they had a randomly good early game for some reason. Um, it was actually horrible. Like, like jungle support is actually terrible on this team. But I keep hearing like. Like, I don't want this to sound like really, really rude or anything, but I keep hearing people saying that like Centaurian is one of the best jungles in North America and blah, 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 and all this kind of shit. And obviously everyone will just always hype Ignar. But the, the CS deficit that occurred bot lane was not because of Wild Turtle. It was not because of Wild Turtle whatsoever. It's because their support was moving for a lot of mid-priority they didn't even have to go for, and the jungler wasn't doing anything of that whatsoever in terms of rotating towards bot side, and it ended up with wave scenarios that were really, really unfavorable for Wild Turtle. Um, so I think Wild Turtle got like really shafted in that game unnecessarily, and people don't really talk about that because in the post-game interview, Suntoran decided that you know early game was really, really good for them. It was not, and it was jungle support's understanding of the early game that caused that. I think Wild Turtle 
It's actually surprising me. Uh, you don't really expect a player who's been playing since season fucking three to still be, you know, even vaguely good at the game. Uh, but Wild Turtle is. So that's the reality that we live in. And I just want to reestablish that's the reality that we live in. I yeah. do think PoE played really well. Um, but it was mostly like abusing opponents of snakes, like in the Unicorns of Love game that a lot of people attribute to him solo carrying. I do think that there were scenarios where he was open to be shut out by better players. So I'm not going to lead this hype into being like them being a top two team, right? I think the way the standings are right now reflect the way that I think the standings will end in terms of top DRX, FlyQuest, Unicorns of Love. Just wanted to bring up FlyQuest because we're, we're kind of like glossing over Group D a little and we hadn't talked about them yet. So I just... Yeah, I did the whole thing. Do you just want to? Sorry, you go, medic. I was going to say, I as soon as you mentioned the uh, player playing in season three still being good, good is surprising. I, I had a few names spring to mind, and I realized yeah, that is surprising because it was Jefferson <laughs> and Doublelift, and I was like, oh, yep, it's pretty fucking surprising that anyone is still good. Um, also, uh, yeah, my my e penis is bigger than yours, veteran. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you wanna, if you wanna, now believe that you now believe that you had the whole bottle of wine, medic. I, I, I believe I, it. I, 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 here it is. Empty is an empty thing. You've the, the hilarious <laughs> thing is you this. Give away with words, medic. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing about this hey, is today that today I call TSM Team Liquid. Okay, on oh, yeah. fucking broadcast. That's true. Like, what the actual hell am I doing? I put TL Cog in called, the Twitch. I called Biofrost. Called JJ. Um, I called. I, yeah, two days ago I called TSM G2. Like, what is going on in my brain that I'm like, and G2 are losing this game. It's like, G2 are nowhere near this game, Medic. G2 are a good team. TSM are not. It's all you can think anyway. about ever since they've started putting you on payroll. That was the... <laughs> I'm a freelancer. They don't put me on payroll. They pay me joke. per day. It was a joke. It's um, mean much. Were you ever on payroll? Actually, I'm interested. I was um, a contractor originally. So it was different. I okay. got paid a salary for nine months of the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I get paid per day, right? So. I didn't know because like, some were on the payroll and now aren't. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Obviously it's, that, that's actually quite not not as often, but we shouldn't. Yeah, this yeah. is not the time to talk about it. All right. Thank no, you no, gonna, no, for the intake we're of gonna close out the show. We talk about, we it, talk yeah. about it. So I'm going to say <laughs> as well Top Esports, DRX, FlyQuest, Unicorns. Cause, we all agree because that is the way it's going to go. That is going to be the end of the show. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. You each have now, like, I guess, 10, 15 seconds, 20 seconds to just shout out whatever the fuck you're doing at the minute and what people should go and do. So, Dagda, you go first. Then Medic, then Vera. Uh, I am in the middle of trying to cook up some content, and I'm going to start streaming of that. So that'll be over on twitch.tv slash DagdaLPL when I eventually get that up and running. But that's kind of all I'm up to at the moment. Sweet. Go give him a follow, everyone. Uh, Medic. Uh, I post half-naked photos of myself on Medic Casts on Instagram. And only um, Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. Uh, my my OnlyFans is in the works. I have to get uh, right approval, apparently. So He's he's also casting a, a League of Legends tournament at the minute, in case you guys didn't know. So uh, True. Check out Twitch. I'm doing like right day <laughs> two of... Wait. What day is it today? Is it Tuesday today? Maybe. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. I'm casting Thursday. I'll see you then. Sweet. Sweet. Thursday it is. And Veteran, do you want to close us out here, mate? So I will say don't expect me to be able to stream again until um, the early parts of next year. Um, I've just gotten a little bit unlucky with the uh, places that I've been staying at, so sorry about that, guys. Um, but otherwise, Twitter.com uh, slash Veteran, Twitch.tv slash Veteran EU, and um, 
on the on my Twitter veteran EU there on the pinned tweet you can actually join my Discord. Obviously the Discord link is a bit too complex for me to remember offhandedly. Also uh Black Lives Matter, trans rights, and also incidentally, um I do stand with the Kurds against Sir Dogan. So there you go. Also non-political his youtube is really really good for anyone who wants to learn stuff it's helped me a lot when i was trying to learn color stuff so highly recommend checking out his youtube for his old vlogs nice i recommend it as well sounds like a good youtube channel (laughs) all right well that's gonna be it for us here tonight we were the boys these were our guests and we all had some bevies and do you know what for tonight you guys are boys as well i know that's a rare thing for you guys to hear but (laughs) you did it um that's going to be it from us. Thank you very much for following, uh, for watching. Make sure you do follow each of our guests. And uh, we're going to be back in four days' time when groups end. Guests are not confirmed yet. but Thanks so much, guys. Thank you very much for Mate. joining me and uh, and Dagda.